Assalamualaikum and hello everyone. We're back again with another episode. I'm Shaida, your host for the Shaida Effect podcast. So, um I hope everybody is doing all right. I, you know, in this pandemic, I just hope that people will take care and stay safe always. Um currently it's nighttime. It's 11 p.m. in Malaysia and it's 4 p.m. where my guest is from. Uh so where I am, you might hear crickets in the background throughout the whole session, so it's like a little bit of ASMR for you. But anyways, our guest today, okay, let me introduce a little bit about her. She's a sweet old schoolmate who I really adore. So let's welcome Amel. Yay. Salam guys. Hi. Hey. Hi. How are you? <laughs> so Amel, can you introduce yourself? Yeah. Um hi. My name is Amel Lulu. Um and I actually used to go to school with Shida like years back <laughs> biology class. <laughs> Peace out. Um and yeah, I'm a full-time mum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um what are you currently doing? Um currently like obviously I'm on maternity leave after mm-hmm. just having my son, but before that I was working for 3 Mobile, which is like a mobile phone company in the UK. I don't know where they are based anywhere else, but in the UK, yeah. I see. Are yeah. you still living in Glasgow though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Glasgow. Still? Yeah. Okay. yeah. That's yeah, great. still Glasgow. <laughs> I thought you might move somewhere like in No, yeah. no, not yet. Not yet. No. <laughs> That's still great. Still planning. Okay, so um I know your first child is a girl, a very cute girl called Nasreen. Yeah. What about yeah, your baby boy? And yeah. um, his called? name's He his name's Ilyas. Ah, Ilyas. That's very yeah. That's very nice, Ilyas. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, it's one so, of the prophet's names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have lovely names for your children. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so um, as a young mother of two, right, with just yeah. a word, how can you how how would you describe motherhood so far? Like, how does it affect your life? Like motherhood, I would describe it being um. I would describe it as being um like a gift because mm-hmm. it's taught me like so many things about myself mm-hmm. and it's taught me a lot about motherhood in general like that I didn't understand from a young age I think as a young age you kind of like disregard like you know what I mean like sometimes you'd be like that oh my mum's so annoying or yeah. you know if your mum's on your back but it's only when once you have children yourself you're like mm-hmm. that wait a wee minute my mum did a lot for me when I was young mm-hmm. that I didn't understand or get when I was a teenager or younger mm-hmm. so it, it has taught me a lot about myself and it's taught me lessons that I could then inshallah hopefully one day pass on to other new moms or to mm-hmm. other people friends even my mm-hmm. my kids do you know what mm-hmm. I mean yeah. it's, it's it's it is a gift alhamdulillah it's a blessing yeah Yeah, I see. My mom always says to me like, "Oh, you will know once you have children." <laughs> yeah, honestly, like I know, like because even my mom or like old aunties or whatever mm-hmm. they like that. Oh, inshallah, one day when you have kids, you'll understand and you'll appreciate your mom. And I remember <laughs> just to sit and I'd be like, "Oh, yeah, so right, annoying. like that." <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. But no, yeah, no, I don't understand what they mean now. Yeah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah for you. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. So what are the challenges of motherhood would you say? Challenges of motherhood I think mm-hmm. that's like that's such a good question because the challenges of motherhood can can vary because mm-hmm. some days are great and then mm-hmm. other days with motherhood it's like it's like what like what <laughs> am I going to do? Um the challenges I would say that you can face with motherhood sometimes especially in this day and age is just basically for me personally is like the sleepless nights oh, like see. What, see when they say and honestly see when people say you will never have two babies the same uh-huh. they genuinely mean it they genuinely oh, literally mean it. it's 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 <laughs> so true so true you will never have two kids the same never because right now with Elias Mm-hmm. He just doesn't sleep at night. So I um, I basic so basically from 12 o'clock at night to 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm uh-huh. awake. I'm awake. Whoa. So it's 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 hard. I never experienced that with Nisreen though. So that was a big challenge for me because I was like I just thought that you know at night time he'll go to sleep like Nisreen and uh-huh. you know it'll be fine. 
bapak no <laughs> so no so you would just like um when he's awake you would be awake with him as well yeah i don't i can't i can't not be awake and then the thing is about five o'clock he falls asleep but uh-huh. nisreen wakes up oh no so i'm like yeah yeah wow, <laughs> that's, that's what really that's difficult. what i'm dealing with just now yeah but apart wow. from that alhamdulillah like you just it's so hard to explain when you say you just learn to adapt to what they need like as mm-hmm. a mother when they say you the mother instinct will mm-hmm. come to you mm-hmm. it's so weird to explain you will eventually pick up on the cues for your child of like what they need mm-hmm. like they say i don't know if this is true but they do say that as a mother there's different cries that we mm-hmm. can pick up on if we know when they're crying if they need milk or mm-hmm. if they need their nappy changed mm-hmm. or and it's true like i know when he's crying or when the stream was crying what she needed oh, so i don't know yeah wow yeah that's really amazing like yeah i, I, I couldn't i i would say that i try to understand what you're saying but it's really yeah, hard for me but to... see the thing but no but see the thing is i was in your position before uh-huh. because i used to be like that what do they mean when they say that like no way like that just doesn't make sense but honestly like i think when you're in it it's hard to explain as well because you think mm-hmm. that people aren't going to believe you like that just mm-hmm. sounds so like crazy but <laughs> it, it is it, you do you, you do know what to do when they start crying it's it's crazy but apart from that everything is fine it's just the sleep the lack of sleep that's just like crazy then how how would you get do you get naps during the day then well when they nap i try to go for a sleep like that's my time to go for a sleep so mm-hmm. i i do nap I, i do try and get a nap for like an hour but mm-hmm. even that like living on one hour of sleep is is hard going yeah so do you, do you drink yeah. coffee then just try and stay oh awake. yeah i'm a oh. big <laughs> coffee drinker oh yeah caffeine all the way <laughs> caffeine all the way <laughs> so just now you said that um you know even though the uh, kids come from the same mother they would still be different so how about yeah. during the pregnancy stage pregnancy was completely different as well mm. um with nisreen i was completely sick i had sickness from the beginning all the way to the end mm. but with elias alhamdulillah like it was completely different i actually enjoyed pregnancy with him than what mm. i did with nisreen Nisreen was just such a difficult pregnancy but she was a more easy child um. and I feel like with Elias it was a difficult it was an easy pregnancy mm-hmm. but he's actually more difficult I see so it's a ha- I can't ha- I can't have it all roads do you know what I mean mm, I can't have yeah. everything <laughs> <laughs> but alhamdulillah alhamdulillah for everything so even though with all these challenges right what would you say the best part of being a mother the best part of being a mother is mm-hmm. just watching their characters grow oh. so as they grow older you just see their character develop you uh-huh. see and also just seeing them smile and you know being their friends mm-hmm. you know you be their like their number one supporter mm-hmm. i think that's one of the best things about being a mother is that not only do you get to teach them mm-hmm. there's so many things that i would say that they've taught me about mm-hmm. like myself Do you know what I mean? And I think that's one of the the good things about being a mum is that you I don't think you realize how much love you can have for mm-hmm. just one person mm-hmm. until you become like a mum. Like I know like when you become a mum you just think like alhamdulillah like like you want to do everything that you can to protect them, to make them happy. Yeah, I think that's one of the best things about being a mum is just being their number one friend and companion and supporter. I think that's really nice. I see. Does it feel weird though? Does it feel Yeah, like <laughs> I, I sometimes like I'm not going to lie, like sometimes it does feel a bit surreal and sometimes I do sit back and I'm like I cannot believe I'm a mum of two. Like it's like how did I get here? But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you do think of like and I sometimes I do think back and I think what like my life, what was that like before I had two kids? Mm-hmm. And sometimes i'm like i don't even remember it like sometimes i don't even remember who i was mm. when i was without kids 
like now I just I've got so used to life with them that I can't imagine life without them I see yeah oh that's amazing yeah I couldn't really I couldn't imagine myself after I got kids I think I would be like you as well like (laughs) like don't get me wrong it's Mm -hmm. really stressful like I don't Mm -hmm. want to paint a picture of like oh my gosh this is like so amazing it's not exhausting Mm -hmm. it's not tiring Mm -hmm. like believe me it is but when you see them smile and when you see like okay when they're crying or they're in a mood or they're having a tantrum okay yeah that is really difficult or when they're not sleeping at night and you're up to like five o'clock in the morning and my hair's all over the place I'm, (laughs) I'm absolutely shattered when you see them smile all of that kind of just gets pushed to like one side it's weird to explain it's so hard to explain I think it's like a bomb to that yeah, wound yeah. somehow. Yeah, it's like a bubble. It's like all of that rubbish stuff that you've dealt with in the morning or at night or in between just gets shoved to one side. And when you see them smile and they look at you and they come and give you a hug or a kiss, that just completely <laughs> pushes everything away. So having said that, do you, what is the hardest choice that you have to make as a mother? I think as a mother... As any mother, whether you're a new mum, you're in pregnancy, you're going to be a new mum, you are a mum, or you're yet to be a mum, I think there's a lot of sacrifices that Mm. we as women make. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's just one sacrifice that Mm -hmm. we make. I think there's plenty. Like, don't get me wrong, I remember when I used to think, like, the sacrifices you make is, for me personally, I think one of the, the main ones is time. Mm-hmm. It's like, because it's not like before where I could be like, okay, yeah, hi, like, I'll meet you at two o'clock. I'll be there at two o'clock. See you then. Bye. Mm-hmm. I then have to, like, where time used to be like, okay, I can go and get a shower at one o'clock. I'll get ready. I can take my time. As a mum, you then have to, like, calculate each second because each second is like precious it's like okay so at like 10 o'clock I need to get them ready two o'clock I need to have a washing on three o'clock I need to make sure she's fed before we go so I think one of the main ones I think women sacrifice as mothers is time because it isn't like before okay yeah when like I I'm a big supporter in don't ever think that you can't do what you used to do before with kids mm-hmm. because you can, you can, you can travel, you can do, you just need to jig it. You need mm-hmm. to just like prioritize and like time your, or plan or structure your, your day or whatever. But I think one of the main ones is time, your time and your whole, like you as a person is sacrificed because you aren't available for people is what you used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. yeah even for work. Yeah. Even for work. Like where you could go full time, you need to like sacrifice and go part time. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like it's not just it's it's the it's the it's the many sacrifices I think women make when you become a mum. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say all this, right, I think wow, to all those career women out there who's you know have kids. Yeah. And yeah, they can and are doing full time. Yeah, 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 and they can still do a full time job. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I don't know how they do it. Like, that's some strength because it is exhausting. It is, and you don't even have that much time for your own self. You know, like yeah, me yeah. time and all that. Like yeah, th- me those time. times that yeah, that you used yeah. to have when you are single. Before, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's not that though, I think sometimes I didn't appreciate that time Mm -hmm. because now when I look back, I'm like, I should have really enjoyed my time more than what Mm -hmm. I think I did and really have appreciated it because now it's like, I don't really have time. Alhamdulillah, like, don't get me wrong, I'm happy with the kids, like, I can't imagine. But sometimes you do think you're that, sometimes I do want some time for myself and maybe that's me being a little bit selfish or I don't know, but... You do think like, yeah, sometimes I do, I just do want a couple of hours to myself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that could yeah. be a message to all our single friends out there. Who, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Guys, take this advice. Appreciate your time that you have. 
travel, go shopping, go for that coffee that you said no to yesterday. <laughs> because there will come a day where you wish that you went for that coffee. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, all the little things that we used to have. Yeah, mm, yeah. It's all the little things that you... It's the little things that you had that you wish that you had later on. Like, mm. you forget about, yeah. <laughs> so... Okay, so in our Muslim society, right, that yeah. like you said just now, um, women have to make great sacrifices, especially once they got married and once they yeah. have children. So mm-hmm. there's this um, emphasis on women as mothers. And this can yeah. be seen as like a pressure for women who have yet to get mm-hmm. married and yeah. you know, yeah, to become a mother, etc. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. we have seen this discussion from you know women's lens how about from yeah. the, from the men's side like what do you think the kind of role men as fathers can play to help balance this out a bit that's heavier a i guess question. no that's that's such a great question by the way because like when like that that to me that's just such a great question i think as i think there's a in our society and in our mm-hmm. culture i think sometimes people can mix the two and they get the two confused yeah like i think there's a lot of cultural things that people then mix with religion and they mm-hmm. kind of come up with their own rules yes i definitely and agree create with their you. own they create their own rules to adapt to the modern society and mm-hmm. i think that's completely wrong you can't mix culture with religion mm-hmm. in a way yes you can adapt your religion mm-hmm. or, or ad- sorry no adapt the culture to the religion mm-hmm. but you can't mix it to create your own set of rules do you know what i mean yep. Yeah, and I think right. men, I think in this day and age and somehow, I don't know where, it's got this thing that women are the, you know, we're the ones that are, we've got a lot of, pre- it's like there's a lot of pressure on a woman that she's the one to be in the kitchen and clean and look after the kids and she's mm-hmm. the one that's to do all this. But I think they forget that in Islam, the man plays a big role in, mm-hmm. you know, providing their kids with the right information about their religion like it is like like the men are supposed to provide their kids with that and set them like with the rules and how to be good people as Mm -hmm. well and I think from when I was younger it was always like oh yeah you know when you get married like I would have aunties like back in Algeria that would say to me you know when you get married um you need to bring up your kids well and you need to teach them how to become good Muslims because you're in the house with them all the time and every single day and I'm like but you do realize that the man plays a big role in that Mm -hmm. too like it's not just the mother it's not Mm -hmm. just the mother like the father plays a big role in that they're the ones that need to set them like good boundaries Mm -hmm. how to like you know how to teach them to become good people Mm -hmm. and also as well the man is like the and in our religion I don't like you know like the man is the one that's the provider so in a a way he is an example to the children because if he doesn't provide the kids are going to pick up on that Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean so I feel like there's a lot of pressure on women in Islam and with it being mixed in culture that it's all based in the women and it's it's the women's fault if the kids aren't brought up a certain way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I just think that personally for me I just think that the man is just as as much to as is like plays a bigger part in that as much as the women like mm-hmm. I think it's got to be balanced don't get me wrong there's men out there that do like that are amazing fathers like that do as well but I just think sometimes with Islam mm-hmm. and it can get a little bit mixed with the culture and these rules that it's all the women's I just think it's not I think it's unfair sometimes yeah yeah Yeah, definitely and I think and it's not that though in Islam when you look back at the Quran Mm -hmm. Allah has made it such a fair religion for women Mm -hmm. and it's like how like when you look back in the Quran and you, you want to like like Allah subhanallah has made it such like has made it such a a w- like a women friendly religion that is like mm-hmm. you should appreciate the women it's a very equal when you look at the quran and you read it it's very very equal both men and women so i was really shocked that when it's like oh it's all women and it's like whatever i'm like that hold on a wee minute that's just so wrong that's when you see that culture has played such a big part in that and these years yeah. have come that's when culture has played such a big part in it because if you actually look back at the quran there's there's rules 
for the men and there's rules for the women and there's rules for them both yes, <laughs> it's definitely. not just all women do you know what yeah. I mean like it's like it's crazy yeah so how um when did you realize all this or have you always known no I didn't always know so like I when I was younger um it kind of plays part and like you know I never used to wear obviously when we were in school together I never uh-huh. used to wear the scarf uh-huh. and I always knew about my religion I always knew like you know I'm Muslim I've, I've always been Muslim I've always been whatever but I didn't really understand my mm. religion and then I remember when I started wearing the hijab I was like do you know what I really want to understand the religion because if I'm going to wear the scarf I want mm-hmm. to understand my roles as a woman Mm-hmm. and like understand the roles for the man etc etc and I bought a couple of books that were recommended to me from women that you know went to like mosques and stuff like mm-hmm. I would ask about because I wanted things that were actually authentic not things mm-hmm. that were actually made up or whatever yeah that's know, very good of you that's, yeah yeah I wanted things that were very authentic and true so that I could then have that knowledge for myself that I could then pass on to other people or my mm-hmm. kids or whatever in the future when I had them and I remember reading the books and I was like, hold on a second, like, I was told from a young age and whatever, it was always the women, 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 like, you know, the women has to bring up the kids, it's the women that's got to cook and clean, it's the women, when actually in Islam, when a woman's pregnant or the, a job for a, a, like a husband or whatever, he's mm-hmm. supposed to help make it easy for you. Mm-hmm. Like he's to help do the chores with you to make it easy for his wife. And I was like, what? I remember when I read that, I was like, what? I was like, I was always told that I was just to stand in a Like, I always just thought that, okay, when I get married, I'm just going to be standing a housewife and stand in the kitchen, <laughs> cooking and cleaning. But then when I read that, I was like, wait a wee minute. Like, this is, this is actually really good. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> this is, this is good. Like. But yeah, no, I learned a lot when I read those books and stuff because, yeah, it, I, I got a lot of knowledge from it. But yeah, I do think that men have got just as much of a role to play than what the women do. And mm-hmm. then there's rules for them both. Do you know what I mean? It's not just one, it's person. not just focused on one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very, very equal part. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I really, really liked and I was really surprised by when I read, yeah. Mm. and when you said that um we are both equal in that sense right um like the men yeah. the men and the w- uh, women so like uh and the men set an example for the kids as well like especially yeah. by the way they treat their their wives yeah yeah. Right? Yeah, mm. yeah yeah sometimes like sometimes i feel it's very i i would say that that's probably maybe i'm wrong but i would say that's more extreme extremism where Mm -hmm. they've really took the extreme side of it because as well i don't know about you i think sometimes tv programs movies Mm -hmm. really put a bad influence on islam Mm -hmm. and like really they pick up on it wrong Mm -hmm. because they always make islam like a very manly dominant religion and it's very and i'm like that they've they've really got it wrong it's like i don't know who's read the quran or who's gave them this advice or whatever in the movies or programs because it's like this is just so wrong this isn't our religion and i'm not being funny see if i was Mm non-muslim and watching those programs and like movies i think i would believe it because it's it's always passed off as like a very manly dominant religion and the, the men have it easy but the women have it really really hard mm-hmm. when actually when you delve in deeper to the quran and you actually read it it's actually very i would say very opposite i think allah puts a lot of like you have to elite like alleviate a lot of the pressure for the women and it's actually maybe a little bit harder for the man there's maybe more pressure in the man mm-hmm. when it's when it's actually opposite i think they they, they reflect opposite like the women's to sit and be very very scared and timid Mm -hmm. and the men are very successful and they lie back and they relax and and i think somewhere down the line it's slowly become that way and even some muslims actually believe in that themselves a wee bit yeah but i don't know maybe i maybe i've picked up on it completely wrong but i think with the modern society and with internet and online, I think people are getting easily influenced. Yeah. 
and men and even the men in Islam are like, hold on, I I have more of a say than what you do. When actually, when you read the Quran, we're we're very equal. Yeah. We're very very equal. When you actually look at the rules and read it properly and understand what's being said in the Quran, it's very very equal. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's my opinion. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, everybody is down to their own opinion, but that's just mine. Yeah. Yeah, I think I have like a similar experience to you. Like, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't. Well, I I used to wear, you know, I I wore the hijab in school, right? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember. But there was one Mashallah. point that, um, because I had to tolerate with misogynistic men, you know, uh, I was yeah, like, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And then um, we had this like issues and stuff, so I started to like. Mm, do some research and then you know all these feminist things and then yeah. like you said like you know if you if you want to learn the religion maybe you should do it the authentic way yeah and the authentic that way that is yeah. definitely one thing that I would like our listeners to do like if you want to learn the religion yeah Islam, do it authentic yes yeah. do it authentically like go um, to people yes. that, like I would say go to people that have got a lot of knowledge and yes. find the, the truth like things like books that have the real um, the real meaning and go to people that you can rely on because there's a lot of people out there that take and put their own opinions into their yeah. their studies yeah. and that's completely wrong you need you need authenticity yeah. <laughs> you need the truth you need the truth like it's come from whether it's a hadith make sure it's like a hadith and it's a true hadith even if you've read it do you know what I mean? Like, even if you're reading online and you see a hadith or you see, like, whatever, make sure you can go to somebody and ask them, do you know, is, if this is true. Go to an imam or your mosque or your local mosque or whatever and ask them, you know, brother, alaikum, I've read this. Can you please tell me if this is true? Because the last thing you want to do is to then believe somebody else's opinion <laughs> because that is what they've based that on, is opinion. Yeah. And it's not authentic. Yeah, and it's better to go to classical, um, you know, the ones yeah. that they can be traced back to, like the yeah. previous imams, you know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because like uh, I've seen a lot of people, especially my friends, like my circle, you know, when they want to learn the religion, they go to these progressives books, you know, written by, yeah. um, you know, they have like modern <laughs> opinions, you know, they are influenced yeah. by Western thoughts. <laughs> Or, yeah. you know orientalized so I think it's not true about Islam they're Muslims but no. they're talking bad about Islam in their work yeah yeah that's not yeah proper. no that's, and, it's not proper yeah. yeah 100% and instead of them coming closer towards Islam they become further away from it and that yeah they get pushed bit. away but I think yeah. that's what but I think that's why those books are written mm. there's like a I think there's like a premeditated like there's an ulterior motive mm. when that book's being written because it's like, okay, yeah, you're showing it as like you're respecting Islam and you're trying to help entice people into Islam when actually there's an ulterior motive there because you're enticing them to become Muslim but then you're pushing them further away. So it's like, what one what one is it you want? <laughs> it doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah, it doesn't. And it's really saddening like you said, with all yeah. that's the scholar part, and then the media representation part is where you know you've seen Netflix. Oh, the media, oh my god, media. Yeah. yeah, Netflix <laughs> is getting like worse. Honestly, there was a there was a Netflix program, and it's like um, it's actually a recent one. Have you seen? And it's like um, oh, I forgot the name. And she's like an Indian girl, and she's in America. And uh-huh. I was watching the second season. And there's a girl that comes on it and her name's Anissa. But mm-hmm. Anissa's Muslim, but then she has a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I think I haven't seen that And she says, hi, one. my name's... A, it's, uh, hold on till I see if I can find it. Sorry, two seconds. But honestly, I was just like, this is just... Yeah, it's called Never Have I Ever. Or Never uh, Have... It's called okay. Never Have I Ever. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, it's an Indian girl. But in the second season... There's another Indian girl that comes in and she's Muslim and her name's Anissa. She doesn't wear the scarf, but then Anissa gets a boyfriend. Uh-huh. And I'm like, hold on, I can't believe they've made the Muslim girl get a boyfriend. <laughs> and it's like, how? Okay, yeah, I know that there's probably Muslims out there that are are like that. But it's like, if you're trying to, I think it's just a bad reflection 
on Muslims as well. It's like, oh, well, and I think it has a lot of people questioning, like, oh, so do Muslims have boyfriends and girlfriends? Or, and it's like, I think it's just the wrong message. I was like, this is just so wrong. <laughs> and I think they're also trying to project that, oh, see, Muslims can be, you know, open, you know, and stuff modern. Like that. Yeah, modern, <laughs> progressive, you know, those words that they like to use. Oh, yeah, we, we can, you know, open free hair outside we don't have to wear scarves we can have boyfriends. yeah 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 and, yeah and it, yeah it's, it's just, just it's it's just not the right message to send yeah well we've strayed quite far away from our motherhood i know topic. sorry <laughs> no it's sorry, all right guys. i really like that discussion <laughs> it's really good i think I'm really glad that we touched on that because it's really something that it's needs so to important. be said yeah it's yeah, really it's important. important and you know, some people might shy away from this kind of topic because it's it might be yeah. a bit sensitive, but it must be said. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I'm closing the uh, our topic for motherhood. So with this question, what was the best advice on motherhood have you ever received? The best advice of motherhood I ever received mm -hmm. was patience is your superpower. I was always told that patience is your superpower. If as long as you're relaxed, if they're having a, like, let's say if they're having a tantrum or a meltdown, as long as you're patient, they will then eventually calm down. But the more stressed you are, the more they pick up on it. So then they start to, and, and then you, you just never, ever calm. So I was all, that was one of the best advice I was ever given was patience is your superpower. And I've always kind of like stuck to it. Just be patient and everything else will be calm. So like the kids can pick up your energy, I would say. Yeah, so like mm -hmm. let's say if um Elias is crying, let's say he's really, really crying and he doesn't want to settle down, like he's really frazzled. If I start to get stressed and I'm like, <laughs> like, oh my god, why, why? The baby will eventually pick up on that. Even if they're a toddler, they will pick up on that and get more stressed themselves. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm just calm in the situation and remind myself to stay calm in the situation they do somehow ease better it's, it is really strange it, it, again that's another one that you'll experience inshallah when 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 you do experience it because it's a hard one to explain inshallah because yeah patience even without kids that's really hard to do <laughs> it's hard yeah that yeah. is so hard to be patient sometimes like oh <gasps> Oh. But yeah, it's a superpower. I was told patience will be your superpower. So wow. to to the listeners, just remember the patience is your superpower. <laughs> I will definitely need to work on my patience because I can barely be patient with my <laughs> own siblings. So <laughs> <laughs> I know siblings is a different one though. Siblings can be so annoying sometimes. Even oh, so I don't have patience kind of for them. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a different kind of patience. <laughs> They will always annoy you, like always. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. All right. So moving on to your uh, hijab story. So how oh, did yeah. you, how did you come to embrace uh, hijab and also modest styling? Yeah, yeah because so I basic... I saw you talk about it on your Instagram, and I was like, oh, I must talk to you about it. Like yeah. I have to because it's really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so basically I always kind of felt from being in high school I don't know if you remembered I never used to wear it so I always felt like I remember telling people like I don't like I don't wear the scarf but I'm Muslim so I never really fitted in with my non-Muslim friends and I never oh, really? really fitted in with my Muslim yeah I always oh. felt like I never fitted in with them and I also oh. never really fitted in with my Muslim friends because with my non-Muslim friends I would not wear the hijab, so mm -hmm. I was talking to them, hanging about with them, blah, blah, blah. But then when it came to doing like non-Muslim things, mm -hmm. I always used to kind of be like that, sorry, no, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like that, but wait, why? Because you, because I don't, and I'd be like that because, you know, my religion and stuff like that. Oh, and so like, do, you don't wear the scarf. Uh. So they never understood it because it's like, well, you don't wear the scarf. So I never really had the look to fit my, what I was passing off as my identity. Mm. And then with my Muslim friends, I would, they would understand me in a religious way, mm -hmm. but because I never wore the scarf, it was like, well, we can't, you don't really fit our image sort of thing. Oh, that's, it's like, that's too bad. 
Yeah, well, this is the truth. I remember one time in Shawlands, I don't know if you were there in first year or whatever, but I don't uh -huh. remember you being in my class in first year. But I remember being in an English class and I don't want to name names because I feel which, like which that's really uh, bad. Which teacher? I had um, Mr. Smith. He Mr. Was, Smith? Like, yeah, Mr. Oh, sorry, no, Mr. Smith. Mr. Thompson. And he used Mr. to go Thompson. like this. Oh. With his teeth. He was an English teacher. Um, I just remember uh, when I got, I think I got Mr. Woodtaker. Uh, yeah. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, yeah. I the the, the long-haired one. <laughs> everybody, everybody else got good English teachers and I got Mr. Thompson. Do you know what I mean? He would sit and make us watch movies majority of the time and pass their exams, pass their tests without us even sitting them. So... And I remember one time in the class we were watching a movie. Mm -hmm. I think it was Slumdog Millionaire. My God. <laughs> <laughs> and Slumdog Millionaire. And I'm sitting in the class. And I remember one of the girls that was Muslim. There was I would sit in the class with the Muslim girls. And I remember one of them brought out the Quran. And because and I told her I was Muslim and told me, "Well, prove it to me. Read a page from the Quran. Prove well, she to said me you're to Muslim." You? Yeah. We oh were in goodness. English and she and she brought out the Quran and she was like, we'll prove it. She opened a page random and said, prove to me you're Muslim. And I was like, I, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is really like, and that's when it really hit me. Like I will never fit in with them and I will never fit in with my, that's when it kind of really clicked into me. Like I'm never really going to fit in here at all because if the Muslims are coming to me and opening the Quran and telling me, read to me, prove to me you're Muslim I was like whoa I, I, I shouldn't need to prove to you but okay and I actually read it to prove myself that I am Muslim but even then I don't think they were very satisfied <laughs> okay but we were 13 years old I'm still yeah I'm speechless as well I mean no one yeah you know, no one should have gone through that kind of situation yeah yeah. Yeah. So it was really mm. difficult, like trying to fit in with people, mm. and then I remember. So it's like hijab. I think then really started to really play in my mind. Like I knew when I was older, I wanted to wear it, mm -hmm. but I think then it really started to really dig deep because I would really think about it, and it took me years. Sometimes I wish that I did it sooner than what I did, mm -hmm. but then I was just very nervous because I was like, I I shouldn't need to prove a point to people, yeah. and I always used to question like why am I wearing this? Am I wearing this because I'm trying to prove a point or am I wearing this because I'm happy and I'm ready? And then I don't know, there just came a point where I had a dream and this dream used to come reoccurring even back in high school. And it would be that I would wear the hijab and there would be this golden light and everybody, and eventually as I'm walking through, it would be golden. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, I'm wearing the scarf and it just used to play, play, play. Um, and then one day I was in university, um, not university, college, and I just kind of came home one day and I said to my mum, I'm going to wear the scarf. Like, I I'm ready. Like, I need to do it. Like, I want to do it. I'm ready. And alhamdulillah, like, my mum, she's a convert to Islam mm -hmm. and um, she doesn't wear the scarf, but she never, ever, like, pushed me, like, no, you shouldn't wear it. Or she was always like, you know, and like subhanAllah, she always came to me and was like that, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Never once did she say to me, no, I don't think you're ready. No, you shouldn't wear it. She always tried to make sure I understood why I was going to wear it. Um, and alhamdulillah, I did. I did my research. I read up a lot on the books that I was telling you about that I was mm -hmm. reading because I really wanted to fully understand my role as a woman before I wore it because yeah. I thought there's not much point in me wearing it and then going out in the street and not showing what I, I like and I'm not being a good example as of a Muslim woman mm -hmm. do you know what I mean I really wanted to make sure that when I wore it I was like really prepared and dedicated to wearing it um and then my, my when I wore it my dad had said to me that your gran subhanallah had a similar dream that there was a trap on the door and when she opened the door I was wearing the scarf and it was like a golden light had hit her and I was like oh my gosh subhanallah if this isn't going to make me wear the scarf even more I don't know what is and alhamdulillah I've I've been wearing it for like four years more alhamdulillah. now yeah alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah alhamdulillah yeah alhamdulillah that's a really beautiful story yeah, yeah.
Yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry, like, what happened to you in high school? Like, I wish we were friends earlier. I don't know what yeah. I did in first year. I don't, <laughs> in all fairness, like, but see, at the end of the day, like, I d- it's hard to explain. Like, I never really told anybody that mm-hmm. story. I was too scared to go back to my mum and my dad. Like, my mm-hmm. dad at the time would have been, like, so angry yeah. that I was told to prove myself. As you a Muslim, have to do that, read the you know? Quran. Yeah, like you shouldn't need to do that as a Muslim. You don't need to, like again for any Muslim listener, do never feel like if somebody tells you you need to prove you're Muslim, you don't need to prove to anybody. You telling them you're Muslim should be enough. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if they are true Muslim in heart, that should be enough for them. Bringing out a Quran and having to tell someone to prove, please don't take that as a good example because believe me, that's not. Do you know what I mean? They should yeah. accept you. Like you should accept if someone is telling you they're Muslim, accept it. Whether they wear the hijab or not, accept it and believe it. Because to then bring out a Quran and have them prove that's just not a good example as a Muslim at all, personally. So, so they were all wearing scarves. I bet they were all they were all wearing scarves. I think I, yeah, think I, I know. See the end of the day, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't want to give off names. I really don't want to give off names because, again, I, you know, people, again, we were young back then. Yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean? We were teenagers. There's, I, I think everybody kind of like grows mm-hmm. and grow up as people. And to be honest, the girls that did it, they have because I have spoke to them or whatever. They have yeah. like, they're not like that anymore but uh-huh. I remember just being so shocked that I was like right okay I'm not fitting in here then <laughs> so I just I, I think throughout high school I just felt like I never really fitted in to be honest mm. I just kind of floated my way through high school <laughs> I think you were quite close with uh Kirsty and Lisa right yeah I was close mm. with them yeah but then I think somehow we just sort of, I think with anything, you just slowly drift away. Do you know what I mean? Like people just go their separate paths and they drift away. Mm. Um, And again, I think when I started wearing the hijab, I don't know if that was intimidating for some people because slowly people that I used to speak to stopped talking to me when I started wearing it. So... to be honest I'm not really I I really wasn't bothered because I knew that I wanted to do it for myself Mm -hmm. and I knew that you know I was prepared for the sacrifices that would have that that would come with it you know if people were really truly my friend they would accept me wearing the scarf or not because you know I've not changed do you know what I mean you just adopt the headscarf yeah and I feel as that I feel as if people get so intimidated by a piece of cloth it's mm-hmm. around you know someone's head and it's like how is that so offensive I don't really understand but again that's on them it's not on me you know yeah. I, 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 I'm so much happier wearing it and I was so much happier once I wore it that I was like why was I so scared by this I wish I, I wish I did it sooner I really did wish I did it sooner to be honest so we've been hearing um like some positive and negative stories like perhaps like what kind of positive impacts that you know i mean you've told me like in in your stories but i just want to hear like clearer points like um you know when you when you wore the hijab right when you've chosen to wear the hijab like what is one major positive impact that that um that you faced the positive impact that i think i faced was like i remember when i first wore it um and i remember thinking and it's quite daunting when you first wear it because I was like, oh my gosh, like I've wore it. And, you know, you try to find how does it suit you? Like you try to find like, I remember sitting watching so many YouTube videos, like how <laughs> on different <laughs> face shapes, how to wear the scarf, like what's suited for you. And I remember, and I remember thinking British people, like people would sit, you know, you're out in the street and they go, oh, and they sit and they shake their head at you or they sit and make comments and I will never ever forget sitting in a coffee shop and this old man came up to me and said excuse me and I remember thinking oh my gosh he's come to tell me he's come to give me into trouble because I'm wearing the scarf (laughs) he said I have never seen someone so much like I've never seen such a light come from someone that wears the hijab he says, you look so, like, you really, really suit it. An old man, very old man. And I remember thinking, 
honestly he made my day that day I thought this is such an like if people were more positive like that I think hijabis or like you know us in like the Muslim community I think it would entice more people to wear it if people were like positive like that and I mm-hmm. remember sitting thinking this is why I wore it I wanted like I remember sitting thinking after he came to me I was like this is why I wore it I want to have that impact on people that positive impact that mm-hmm. you know people can view me as like a normal British person speak Scottish mm-hmm. got a British accent I was mm-hmm. born here but I can freely be a Muslim and not have this oh, oh it's another Muslim coming like and they move away or they make a a horrible comment and I thought you know what this is why I'm going to wear it because I want to be I want to set that example and set people that don't wear it to fully understand that we are the same people mm-hmm. we have just as much as a free you know free free of speech freedom of speech freedom of life as you do the only thing that's different from us is our religion and that's it yeah definitely that's the only difference behind closed doors we all have our own problems, our own issues. We all like a carry out and a takeaway. Some of us like a Domino's pizza. So, do you know what I mean? We're, we're not different as in like, oh, because we're Muslim, we don't have carry outs and we have different dishes that we like to eat. Some of us like a pizza and pasta. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You go out to the shops, you see Muslims eating at restaurants or whatever. So it's like, it is just a very, it's a very negative like way of looking and I I remember when I wore it I thought you know what if I'm going to wear it I want to be a positive example and I want it to have a positive impact on people like I did because I was polite with him mm-hmm. and I didn't do anything wrong to him and when he saw that I was polite and that I was nice it's as if like it wasn't so intimidating anymore so he came to me he was like that you're such a nice person and you you, you really suit your hijab so it's like if you're nasty to them that's when it's like, well, have people that have done negative in Islam, are they the ones that have set that example for us? That now when we walk the street, it's like, well, she's she's horrible or she's nasty or she's an extremist or whatever. And it's just like, it's not fair. I, and that's when you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. it's also because of geographical factor. Like you are living in yeah. the UK, uh-huh. like yeah. the Western yeah. world. Yeah, Western, Westernized, <laughs> very. <laughs> yeah. Um, listening to you speaking about about all those things, right? It makes me feel more grateful with my situation here, like in yeah. Malaysia. Um, mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a well, you can say it's a majority Muslim country. So everybody, yeah. yeah so so it's um. I think people are starting to take it for granted, you know, because you see people, <laughs> you know, people wearing hijabs outside and it's not weird, like it's the norm. So um, yeah, when yeah. I hear the story, I feel like, oh my goodness, like, you know, we've all been taking this for granted. Like it's, mm-hmm. you know, like we were, we didn't appreciate that, like what you said just now, yeah. like we're the face of Islam. Yeah, we are the face of Islam. Like we really are. If you think about it, we really are. We say examples, whatever we do, we're always like no matter what we do we will always sort of like I hate saying this like but be very like we we draw attention because mm-hmm. we wear the scarf mm-hmm. so we we technically as women I think in Islam we are like the face of Islam yeah we've got more of a pressure because when you walk and you see the streets of a man it's like maybe he's Muslim maybe he's not Muslim because you, you, you there's nothing really to identify them as Muslim men mm-hmm. whereas when you see a woman wearing the hijab it's so blatantly obvious what religion she is do you know yeah. what i mean yeah so i feel like as muslim women we do have more of a pressure so that is why we should probably set maybe better examples because if a man does something wrong it's like well we don't really know if he's muslim or whatever because there's nothing really to really socially identify them unless you see him walking into the mosque yeah. or if he's wearing his like prayer outfit or you know what I mean? Yeah, but like apart Muslim. From that, yeah, like Muslim clothing <laughs> or whatever, or maybe like a wee, if he's holding the Quran or whatever. You know what I mean? Okay, then you would understand, right? Okay, maybe he's Muslim. But apart from that, there's nothing really to identify them. Whereas for women, they're clearly it's the hijab. Is. Yeah, it's the hijab. Exactly, it's the hijab. Hundred <laughs> percent. 
And, you know, um, like I've, I've stumbled upon this question, like, um, you know, with, with all this, like, there's issues where, where women want to take it off, take their hijab off, or, oh, yeah, you know, whether I've they want to wear it. Yeah. And I'm really interested in, somebody said this, at, like, as an answer for that question, uh, mm-hmm. like, what we're doing, covering ourselves, like, being modest, is actually our responsibility from Allah. Like, yeah, like, yeah. like it or I not, think, we have to do it. Like, yeah, it's not our choice. I, yeah, it's not our, yeah, exactly. Um, and I kind of feel like that's why when I wore it, I, I really wanted to know why I was wearing it because I didn't want to take it off. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to come down. That's why I chose to understand it and read up on it and whatever, because I didn't want to be in that position where I'm like, right, okay, I'm taking it off. Because I wanted to take the hijab serious because it mm-hmm. is very serious. Mm-hmm. For me, it was kind of like, once I wear this, there is no going back back yeah like i don't i there, for me personally there really is no going back okay yeah there's struggles mm-hmm. i think every woman that wears a hijab faces struggles of like some days are harder than others like yeah. some days i wear the hijab and I'm like, that the hijab's really not it's really not it's not doing anything for me this like today and then there's other days i'm like that yeah you know what my hijab game's strong <laughs> I was having a bad hijab day yesterday, but I'm having a really great hijab day today, so I'll strive with it. But seeing a lot of like, and I mean, there's a lot of like big hijab influencers that I've seen like take the hijab off, like Dina Tokyo. I don't yeah. know if you know yeah, her. Yeah. I was really shocked by that because I was like, that it's like. I feel as if they have like a big responsibility in a sense and they took on that responsibility for people like me that were becoming to wear the hijab like I'm not being funny when I first wore the hijab she was one of the first big influencers that I followed because she would do hijab videos and she would do like hijab tutorials and different things like that and then when she stopped it's like not being funny I always wore the hijab knowing that I was never going to take it off but if there was people that were beginning that had just newly followed her started wearing the hijab because they were so influenced by her mm-hmm. and she was there you know okay in Islam we shouldn't really have idols <laughs> but if they, but yeah if we're, we're human but you know what I mean we're yeah. humans mm-hmm. if they seen her as like their big influence if they seen her take it off and if I was like a teenager and I started wearing it and I saw her take it off, I think I could be very easily influenced to do the exact same. And I feel like you, you have a big responsibility there. And I, I don't know. I, I think everybody does go through their journey. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Everybody does have their journey and they does have their experience. I don't know what she experienced behind closed doors because, again, I can't say Allah alam mm-hmm. is what we say in Arabic, Allah alam. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's between her and Allah at the end of the day. It's her journey. It's her path. Yeah. I'm not here to, you know, judge her because, you know, everybody is going through their own journey with Islam, their own mm-hmm. path, their own religious journey. But I just kind of feel like they're she should have addressed it a bit more um, because I feel as if she did have a big responsibility there as as many other big hijab influencers did that have taken it off. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And there are, there are more than that one person. But there's right. more happening. I see it's becoming, I hate saying this, it's as if it's become like a trend as everything else is or has been in the modern world like it's becoming a trend to now take your hijab off and yeah. i think that's just so wrong <laughs> it's like I, it's like no please don't do that do you know what i mean do you think it's because it's like, like um they they find it's oppressive you know i think it's just a lack of understanding and a lack of knowledge mm-hmm. personally it's like go back to basics and remember why you were doing this remember the day you felt when you first wore it just Mm -hmm. always remember that always have that in the background remember how good you felt when you first wore it and who you were doing it for Allah do you know what I mean yeah so if they if if they had that constant reminder maybe I don't know you would I have a very guilty conscience (laughs) and for me if I was to take it off I think I would be very 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 guilty and I don't think I could step outside ever again because I would feel very like as if I've done something really, really bad. <laughs> that's that's just how my mind works. And I know not everybody's mind maybe works as mine, but I think if they just remembered, if you just remember who you're wearing it for 
in the back of your head and why you wore it and the fe- the feeling that you felt when you first wore it, I would hope that that would maybe be enough for you not to take it off. But again, you don't really know what happens behind closed doors that could push someone to take that step to remove it. And I'm not being funny. I think it would be a very difficult decision to make to remove it, if that makes sense. Just as much as it's difficult to make the decision to wear it, I think it would be just as difficult to make that decision to remove it. Mm -hmm. And for someone to go as far as, I think, to removing it, that's where it's kind of like, don't judge them. Try and be a bit compassionate and a bit understanding as to maybe why they did it. And and pray that, inshallah, one day they will wear it again. Yeah. And do you know what I mean? Rather than sit and be like, oh my God. Because you see the comments and it's like, oh my God, sister. Like, why did you remove the hijab? Like, this is <laughs> such a bad influence. Like, I remember I used to follow you because you were such a big influencer and you wore the hijab. But now I'm so going to unfollow you because you're whatever. And it's like, if you were really compassionate and, you know, being Muslims, this is your Muslim sister or Muslim brother, do you know what I mean, in Islam, try and be compassionate and try and have an understanding. Don't judge them because if that was you in their shoes, how would you be feeling? Do you know what I mean? It's such a big decision to make to remove it. Mm -hmm. Try and be a bit understanding and just don't be quick to judge because... We experience that already so mm-hmm. much through media, through whatever. That the last thing we need to be as Muslims is judgmental because yeah. then we're being hypocrites because we complain about people judging us and putting a, a, a name on us, etc, etc. But then we go and judge our own people. Yeah. Like, come on. <laughs> like, come on, guys. <laughs> come on. <laughs> you want to spout off that you hate being judged but then you're going judging somebody else just try and be compassionate understand why they've done it because it's a big decision anyway me personally I think the reason why I understand it more is because I know it was hard to to wear the scarf Mm -hmm. so the thought of having to remove it for me personally is like well that must be a big decision as well so you just pray that inshallah one day they will wear it again and that's Mm -hmm. all we can do and Mm -hmm. you know maybe even speak to them try and give them try and make it more appealing for them to come back than Mm -hmm. judging them and pushing them further away appeal them to come back make it more appealing for them to come back encourage them to come back and wear it by judging them and telling them oh sister i used to follow you but now i'm unfollowing you because i don't i don't agree with you not wearing the hijab that's pushing someone further away yeah you're not you're not do you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that's that's yeah (laughs) i ramble too much (laughs) no 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 that's, that's absolutely fine. So, you know, like, um, having all these ladies struggling with their hijab, right? Um, do you have yeah. any tips for, for them? For us, maybe, you know, I, I really hope that, you know, we don't have that struggle. Inshallah, quite, like, inshallah, yeah. none of our listeners or none of us, like me or you, inshallah, will never be in that position. But I think, as I said before, I think one of the best advice I could give is just remember just remember who you are as a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Remember your beliefs. Remember your morals. Um, if you need to go back and read the books, encourage yourself. Like it's like a it's like a constant exam. It's like a constant. You know what I mean? It's like a constant test. We're always constantly tested. Mm-hmm. So if you go back and just revise everything, all the knowledge or whatever, just remember who you're doing it for. I think, inshallah we would never need to be in that position even for women that are thinking about wearing the hijab try not to the best advice I would give please try not to compare yourself to other people because if maybe how someone wears the hijab and how someone's life is wearing the hijab if yours isn't the same it doesn't matter because everybody's going through their own personal journey religious journey just don't compare wear it be content with yourself, happy with yourself. Um, do it with the purest of intentions and with the, the right intention. Because if you're doing it half-hearted, then I it's don't not gonna, think, yeah. then it's really not going to work. If you're doing it half-heartedly, knowing in the back and thinking in the back of your mind that you might take it off, for me, that's just wrong. If you know in the back of your mind, mm, there's this might that I might take it off, I think it's just a red flag. Wear it knowing that I will never take it off. 
if you've got that in your heart I believe you would never take it off if you've got it in the back of your mind I might take it off in the future I don't know if I could be easily influenced to take it off I don't think it's the right time personally because it's a serious thing it is serious and it's not something that should be played about with because it is a command from Allah, right? It's, it's a command. It's a big yeah. command from Allah, do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. And that's why I read up on it and wanted to have all my knowledge on it because I knew it was such a big command. Mm -hmm. And I was always told from a young age, you know, I was never forced to wear it. And don't, and again, that's another good bit of advice. Don't feel forced to wear it because, again, yeah. that's just not wrong because you're not supposed to be fulfilling your mum or your dad. The person that you should be fulfilling and doing it for is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think that's also a part of cultural thing, you know, like certain countries they have like yeah, they're, oh, they're, I'm doing they're, this for parents. I'm doing this for know? my mom. And yeah. it's like, no, that's just so wrong. So yeah. so wrong. Yeah. So we have come to the end. Do you have any <laughs> other things you would like to say to our listeners? Like, would you want to drop um, your socials? <laughs> um, yeah, so like my Instagram is uh, Life with Mel. Um, I think, inshallah, if Shida can, she can drop it. In drop the, it down, yeah. Yeah, down below or whatever, and you can easily follow. I would like to. I'd like to meet some of you, speak to some of you. If you've got any questions, you know, please feel free to ask. And Shida, thank you so much for having me as a as a guest. Thank you it's so much for. Thank you so much for having you know like accepted requests because i didn't you you're know you're very um, welcome because um it's very enlightening for me and i hope for our listeners as well yeah I thank you for tuning in to today's episode if you like it do subscribe and stay tuned for the next one bye <laughs>